0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Survival Show Podcast. I'm David, the founder of Ultimate Survival Tips and your host for today's show. So today we're going to discuss the vital mindset, process, and techniques of becoming a gray man, aka hiding in plain sight, and why it's important with our special guest, Wes, the founder of SuperSEStraps.com and the Classified Gray Man Briefing. Wes served in the United States Special Operations Command and is an expert in PSYOPs, SEER, anti-terrorism, counter-surveillance, unconventional warfare, and emergency preparedness. Wes and I are also going to discuss what a gray man is and is not, and why it's important for every preparedness-minded person to learn gray man techniques. Then we'll get into the importance of self, situational, and cultural awareness, behavior and mannerisms conflict avoidance, and along the way, Wes and I are going to share some gray man techniques that you can start using today to stay safe in our very uncertain world, and a lot more. But before we get into all this great content with Wes, would you please help out your favorite survival and preparedness podcast by one, subscribing to this podcast and giving us an honest five-star review wherever you listen, and two, Go check out The Mothership and home base for this podcast and everything else we do at UltimateSurvivalTips.com. While you're there, you can grab your free subscription to my weekly survival and preparedness e and you can get a copy of the full notes from this podcast with links that will include bonus grayman techniques not covered in this podcast over at UltimateSurvivalTips.com. All right, that's it. Subscribe to and review this podcast and go check out UltimateSurvivalTips.com. Okay, let's get into the show. Hey, Wes, welcome to the show. Hey, David, thanks for having me on, man. Yeah, so what I like to do with our first-time guests, which you are, uh, I'd love to hear a bit of your backstory. You can start wherever you want. Uh, your upbringing, but you have a you have a very interesting bio. So I'd I'd love for people to just jump into your world before get we get into this important topic of gray man doctrine.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Um, well, I guess I'll I'll summarize it as best as I can. Uh, I w- I was uh, raised here on the East Coast of the United States. I grew up in the country, you know, surrounded by farmland. Um, and as I kind of approached that college age, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do with my life and was kind of torn between policing and military, um, but needed some money to do some education first. So I, I worked during uh, nuclear power outages when they would shut down like a reactor. Uh, we would go in and do various uh, maintenance repairs and stuff. So I did that to kind of make some money for college, which was uh, where I got my bachelor's in criminal justice and sociology uh, then right out of college, I joined the military, joined the the army actually, and uh, chose my MOS as psychological operations, um, which means I didn't get to see a whole lot of the uh, the whole world because my my base was actually right near where I grew up at Fort Bragg, um, which is kind of what I wanted anyway. Um, so as part of SIAP, you know, we're in the Special Operations Command. We go through a lot of additional training, whether it be Uh, language training or SEER school and, you know, various different aspects of it. Um, But I guess for those who aren't familiar with what PSYOP or psychological operations is, it's basically we we inform and influence to induce or counter or reinforce behaviors uh, of foreign audiences. So it's not something that's ever done domestically. Um, Not that, you know, other Local agencies may have programs for that, but in the military it was always against, you know, foreign actors, uh, terrorist groups or uh, different cells in a certain, you know, whatever stand. Um, so, for example, it may be um, you've got a certain populace of a, of a country that's showing a lot of support to this um, radical group, these, these terrorists. Um, we would help kind of show who the terrorists really are. Um, and that could be conducted kind of in the, the gray zone, like the, the fifth gen- generational warfare aspect where, you know, maybe this this group is supporting this uh, this terrorist organization because they think they're actually uh, defending the populace. So we would show the populace like, no, um, here's a video of the leader of that cell saying, hey, go blow up that neighbor, you know, this this neighborhood because uh, we can't provide food for them so let's just get rid of them sort of thing so we would highlight the bad things or maybe on the reverse side of it if there's a certain local governments we want to support we would highlight the good things they do for the people um so that's that's what i did for four or five years and then i became an instructor for psyop where i I would teach uh reclass soldiers coming over from from other MOSs. oh okay okay nice so then after after the military actually kind of after I went into the reserve aspect, I uh, joined a law enforcement agency, and up until this year, I've been in law enforcement for eight years um at a municipal, and now I am no longer law enforcement. I left that to do the the super s c and the gray man briefing kind of full time Nice,
0: so uh just tell me about your passion like what how did you so your your company is Super SE and maybe maybe we wanna uh if people know of SE knives, they might be like, Well, what is Super se You wanna explain that to folks and how you came up with the name?
1: Yeah, so during one of my deployments, um we had some off time for a couple of weeks and you know, I was airborne and so paracord was something we always had a lot of. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to make some, you know, I've heard of these paracord bracelets. I'm going to make some paracord bracelets for my, for my team as kind of a morale booster and to kind of push through some of the downtime. Um, so as I was making the bracelets, you know, I had various little kind of EDC equipment like compasses and had some fishing hooks and stuff. So I actually put some of the items inside the bracelets and just kind of made them for my team and gave them out. They thought they were pretty cool. And then you flash forward, you know, maybe six or seven months later when I got home, um, I was like, I'm going to make another one of these and I'm going to add more stuff to it. So I made, you know, a paracord bracelet for myself that had like 20 or so different small little supplies, either weaved into it or attached to it. And I posted it to one of those Facebook prepper groups. Mm -hmm. And I I just remember there's like four or five hundred comments to my post. And, you know, usually when I make a Facebook post, I would get two likes and that that would be it. So I was like, right, wow, right, right, yeah. people like this. People were asking me to make them, make them. So I started just taking orders like that, and it kept growing. And we started a little Etsy shop, which I guess is how a lot of small people get started. Um, and then that took off. And over the next, you know, two or three years, we we made a lot of different survival gear. We branched off into handkerchiefs that uh, that do more than just let you blow your nose on them. You know, they would have a, a Faraday cage built in. Uh, we've got one that's made out of Kevlar that's burn-proof to 800 degrees. So we we kept moving forward with the, the survival gear aspect. Um, and then I started doing the more like uh, teaching aspect where I would like teach people different skills in my various social media posts or newsletters. And then I got more into tracking what was actually happening in the world because I was like, you know, as a prepper, it's, it's good to have gear. It's better to know how to use it and to train and practice and get out there. But you also have to know what's going on around you. You got to be aware of, you know, what threats, whether it be a, there's going to be a riot occurring this weekend, possibly due to you know historical uh, things that happened in the past couple of weeks. Um, so I started posting more of kind of current events. And you know, when I was in we were embedded with intel that literally sat beside us as we worked together. So I got a lot of the whole Intel aspect of how to how to use OSINT and other sources to kind of analyze what was going on around us. And so I incorporated that into some of my briefings, which they weren't called briefings at the time. It was just, you know, an Instagram post or something telling people. Um, and then I think what, what is it? Twenty twenty two. I think in twenty twenty one, like January, February, um, I started a Telegram page. And I started doing those, those news briefings um, more regularly every day. And there was a, a great uh, acceptance of it. You know, People would come, come there to try to get information. And I guess they liked the style of how we did it because I was like, I, I don't like people's opinions. I don't like the adjectives. So when I would write something, I would leave out the word you know, huge or big or anything that was like opinionated. And I tried to separate that. So instead of saying, you know, there's a large group of rioters, I would say, well, I can see in these six videos I've watched that there was at least 30, but there could be up to 80. So I would say 30 to 80, you know, participants or whatever. Um, and then that kind of birthed the whole Gray Man briefing, which I guess is one reason I'm here today with you to, to kind of talk more about the whole Gray Man aspect.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So I want to get back to so what's Super SE mean? <laughs> Why yeah. you pick that name? <laughs> your question. Um, <laughs> I know there's yeah. a Latin equivalent to it. Yep.
1: So it, it is Latin, and it it loosely means to survive or to okay. be the last remaining. Ah. So, okay. nice. it, as a prepper, you want to be able to survive and hopefully be a, one of the last remaining. So that's where that came from.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. So I love your website. Uh, you also do a bunch of uh, PDF guides. And I, I'll. We talked about this before, but I, I, I don't know if I'm a lifetime subscriber to your all the guides that you publish. You've got one right here on Gray Man Doctrine. You've got Bug Out. You've got Worst Case Scenario stuff. You've got Contingency Communications. Like it's really good stuff. And I think I, I don't know. I think I paid like. 40 bucks for like the whole the whole thing <laughs> like oh yeah it, the,
1: the library yep
0: the yep. library yeah the whole library but you can buy them individually and then you've got I mean I, I've just been amazed at the depth of thought that you put into things and the concise nature and the, the ability that you have to uh, not just communicate but do it in a systematic way and most recently, I, I literally, you and I have been talking, this is, well, emailing, this is actually the first time we've ever talked in like a couple yep. of years. We've been trying to connect. But I finally, dude, finally last week subscribed to the classified gray man brief, and it blew me away. Literally, the second brief that I got on the first day was about something really important going on in my state, and I'm like, this is this is totally legit. Like I can stop watching the news because it's just, it's just really concise information that is actual reporting. And and I noticed that, that you're not, there's no hyperbole in what you're doing. You're just kind of report reporting the facts. And I appreciate that.
1: Yep. That that was the goal. And and we do add that, that debrief section. If I think you've been, been in there long enough to see the the various debriefs. So the debrief is where we do add our, our analysis, which any analysis, no matter how, based on the fact it is, is going to have some opinion in it. But we make sure we separate that from the actual news brief so people are clear. Everything above is the raw facts and data, and then the debrief is that, that analyst you know, opinion, basically. The, what it, it's the, the so what sort of deal.
0: So, yeah, man, the briefing's great. It saved me a lot of time just staying off the news. And the thing that I found most impressive about it was literally about none of the stories maybe maybe one or two of the the briefs which are actually pretty short uh most of them are not covered in the mainstream news which i found really interesting and they were important topics
1: yeah and a lot of stuff you know that that's what we look for you know we try to look for things that for one actually matter you know we're not going to be talking about fluff, things that you're not gonna have to take any action or that knowledge of a certain trend um, isn't vital. So we look for those things and a lot of it, like you say, the things that actually matter is either covered inaccurately in mainstream media or it's just it's not covered at all. Like some of our stories you'll have to dig, you'll have you can't even find them on Google Plus I mean not Google Plus, but uh, like a, a Google search engine, you'll have to maybe go to DuckDuckGo or Brave or somewhere else to even get the result to come up to even read like what we were talking about.
0: Yep. Yeah. So they're excellent. And this is actually um, I I think there's a secure way that, that we all now get the briefs. And I, I I think it cost me like $5 a month, which is like already totally worth it. And I've only been in for the last week, but I do believe we have a special offer for our listeners. I mean, we'll talk about this at the end. I don't want to spend much time on it, But if people go to Mm graymanbriefing.com, and I'll put that in the show notes, too, with a live link that people can get at Ultimate Survival Tips. But if you go to graymanbriefing.com, and you go to get the briefing, and you put in GBC, U-S-T, as the offer code, you're going to get one month off, or one dollar $1 off per month. So... Your membership would only be four bucks. Like that's ridiculous, dude. Yeah.
1: GBC, actually. as in Gray Man Briefing Classified, and UST, as in Ultimate Survival Tips. Okay. That that'll give them a dollar off every month um, for the rest of their subscription. So instead of five a month, it, it's four a month. That's awesome. That's, <laughs> that's
0: awesome. I should have talked to you first before I subscribed. <laughs> <laughs> you could have used your own code. <laughs> <laughs> right. right, right. Um, okay. So let's get into this whole gray man doctrine. I'm I'm absolutely fascinated with it. I I have a general concept of what gray man is, but uh, let's just talk about what is a gray man. How about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I guess when it, when it boils down to it, everyone's going to have a different definition. Um, But it's basically being a gray man is, it's trying to avoid situations that that could lead to stress, to threats, or to unnecessary exposure. Um, It's that idea of continually assessing your surroundings, um, which includes, you know, the actual physical environment, but as well as as people, um, like what people are doing, where they're going, how they're acting. Um, And then it's also that the other aspect of the pre-analysis or pre-inspection of areas where you're going to be operating. And by operating, I mean, you know, your town, you know, you're going to be going to your grocery store or your kid's school. Um, So it's knowing various routes of how to get places. It's making sure your vehicle is Maintained and has oil changes. It's doing area studies of where you live or background checks on people you you associate with. It's it's a whole encompassing factor of of being in the know, knowing how to react or knowing when not to react, so that you you avoid threats. I guess as a as a the most boiled down term of it.
0: Okay, that's that's good. I mean, so if you boiled down all that and said, why is I mean. Here's what I see going on in the world. Everyone seems to want to get noticed, right? And mm-hmm. People want to get noticed. They want to stand out in a crowd. Do you think this is an issue today in the day that
1: we live in? Yeah. And I mean, this is, <laughs> You're this like, is yeah. I mean, everybody wants to be different. Everybody wants to dress different, do things that draw attention to them. I don't mean everybody, but yeah, like you say, it's, it seems way more prevalent now than it used to be. Um, and, and you don't know how other people are going to react to that, you know, depending on what side of the political field you fall in um, wearing a MAGA hat could make you a victim wearing, you know, a, a build back America hat could also make you a victim. So you gotta, you gotta be careful of what you advertise of who you support, you know, whether it's putting a political flag in your front yard. Well, I mean, that's hundred percent fine. You know, that's, that's your right to do, but you've also got to be uh, cognizant that there's bad people out there that, are so passionate about their beliefs. They'll be like, I don't like that guy, that politician, that guy likes, so I'm going to throw a rock at his window. So even though we should be able to continually be open with our, our opinions and uh, what we support and, you know, it's first amendment right. And all that um, you also, in our time and age, there's, there's so many bad people out there that will take advantage of that as a way to, to kind of express their opinion by hurting you or damaging your property
0: harming your family or whatever right yep coming and taking your stuff um that's that's really good so that's probably a really good introduction into why gray man maybe maybe just take it real personal so you're you're talking to one person now why is gray man important to them today so if i had to
1: tell one person like it, it, it's going to be it's going to be that whole that whole aspect kind of like what what we said like let's say um, on the back of your SUV, you've got uh, those, the sticker family decals, you know, where you've got like the husband, the wife, the two kids and the dog, you know, looking at that, you know, if somebody was wanting to analyze who you were, where you live, um, they could look at all these different things you advertise openly and see, oh, her husband's in the military. Oh, you know, i found her name when we look on social media. Oh, he's deployed. And she drives this car. So when I don't see that car in her driveway, I'm going to go in the house and, you know, break in and steal stuff. So people are, whether we believe it or know it or not, people are always analyzing us. So I would tell people like, be aware of what you're, what you're openly allowing others to see or, or know about you because that makes you an individual threat. That's really good.
0: So we're going to go through, um, kind of a a process that you have set up and so uh generally just based off of your notes here that i'm going off of there's a mindset there's a process there's an application and then there's techniques does that does that work for you
1: yeah yeah we can we can kind of run down that
0: okay so let's jump into mindset gray man mindset
1: so this is whether you're in the mood to being prepared having that that uh that operation of using the OODA loop, which we'll talk about later, Um, wherever your mind is, maybe you've had a rough day, you've got to kind of hone in before you go out in public or before you make a post or something. Um, And you've got to get in that mindset that what I'm doing or what's happening around me is either being observed or needs to be observed. Um, So, for example, as the mindset goes, you've got what's called the reticular activation system. Um, so this is that that part of our mind that's continually analyzing what we see or hear or, you know, otherwise sense, and it's prioritizing that in our mind. So, you know, as you're driving down the road, um, subconsciously, you're like, the most important thing to me right now is probably what's in front of me. So your mind may put other things out of the way, even when you're, you're just almost daydreaming while you're driving, a part of your mind of that RAS, that reticular activation system, is is looking for a car pulling out in front of you. But if we get in that mindset, we can prioritize even more of what's important. We can, you know, stop the day, stop the daydreaming while we're driving. We can, we can focus more on, you know, our surroundings. So it's, it's kind of like, even if you don't want to always kind of raise that, that level of awareness, sometimes you have to. So are you familiar with uh, Jeff Cooper's color codes?
0: Uh, I am, but I'm, I'm sure that there's a lot of our listeners that are not. So why don't you go through those and maybe tell us why they're relevant to this whole concept of gray man mindset.
1: Right. So to be in the, in the right mindset, you, you've got to be aware. And the, the okay. concept here is there's different levels. And what he's done, he's, Jeff has put, has put these into colors, categorized colors. So white is when you're, you're tuned out. To your surroundings you're not you're unaware you're unprepared this is more like you know when you're getting ready to uh go to bed or maybe you're, you're watching a movie you know in your living room those are fine times to be white because you, you really you can't operate in the yellow orange red or black for long periods of time it, it kind of it has that mental fatigue you know you just mentally can't do it um Yellow is more of the sweet spot. This is, this is good basic central situational awareness, which a lot of us already have. It's not being scared of things that are happening. Um, it's just kind of like, I'm ready for it. You know, I'm not overly ready. I'm not like expecting something bad to happen, but if it does, you know, I'm, I'm paying attention to it. Um, and then orange is that you kind of realize something weird is going on around you. Um, something abnormal is happening in the environment, and since you're aware of that you're a little bit more attuned to what's happening and your RAS system is like working overtime to be like, okay, what do I need to, to say is the most important thing going around me. And then red is that, um, you're fighting through a situation. You're, you're actively engaged in some sort of response. Like, you know, there was just an explosion. I've got to escape the building. Um, we don't want to be in orange. We don't want to be in red for long periods of time. That's when you you want to start aggressing and getting away from it. Oh, and of course, black is you know that's when you've been shot, you've been punched in the nose, you're you're not able to even think. So you never want to be in the black. We we want to stay in the yellow mm-hmm. and the orange for just small small amounts of time.
0: Gotcha. That's good. So so uh, one I was just thinking of uh, a couple of instances where you could be in white. Right, and maybe you should be in yellow. <laughs> Would be, uh, you get a text, and you're you decide that you're going to text while you're walking through the Walmart parking lot. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Or you're or you're sitting on a park bench, uh, in a busy in a busy town, and you're engaged in again gets gets back to the to the mobile device, and before you know it, it's gotten dark around you, and you totally lost track of like the last forty five minutes of your life. <laughs> and know you're in a situation, right?
1: <laughs> yep. I, w- I would say you don't ever really want to be white when you're out in public. That may change a little bit depending on where you work. Maybe you're in a nice office building away from everywhere and it's hard to stay in the yellow. But usually when you're away from home, you want to be somewhere around that yellow. Mm-hmm. But people do do that. They they look down at their phones. What do they call it? Zombies or something now? When you're just like tuned into your phone so much. Well, that's good. So
0: did you want to cover anything else on, on mindset? Like kind of bouncing off of
1: Uh, Well, I I think there's so much. Let's, let's, uh, let's push down to to situational awareness, just kind of. Okay. uh, Yeah. So this is that, that perception of, like I said before, of your environmental elements, um, in respect to time and space, it's, it's using that RAS system to comprehend or basically understand the meaning of what you're seeing. Um, so simply, simply put, let's, let's just talk about something basic birds um, as you're walking around or wherever you're at, you may be aware that there's birds nearby because, you know, you saw one flying, you you heard that chirping. Um, that's kind of something you may even notice when you're in the white color code. Um, but then when you bring that up a level into the yellow you, or even the orange, look at the other aspect of just, I don't know why I'm talking about birds here, but it popped into my mind. Um, look into the other aspect. Like let's say there's a, some birds in a bush and all of a sudden, six of the birds fly out of the bush that can tell you, Oh, you know, something, maybe a cat just ran to the bush to get, get a bird. So it's, it's assessing a little bit more on maybe even things that right away don't matter um, to understand why that happened and if it's relevant to you. And a lot of this stuff, as far as the birds go, that's happening in your wrasse. You're not even really thinking about it. Your mind's like, that's unimportant. That's unimportant. And sooner or later, if you're in a, uh, in tune enough you're going to be able to realize oh this is important um, and that's kind of where we, we get into things like um, being aware of maybe someone's body language um, those nonverbal cues that people put off where you know maybe you're in a subway and hopefully you're in the, the yellow and you're not tuned in too much to your phone but it's being able to realize what people are doing and is it the baseline of those around them um, as part of that gray man process, you want to develop or understand the baseline of, of how to operate and how other people should be operating. So when you see someone acting outside that norm, um, that's going to acute your mind to be like, Oh, let me pay a little bit more attention. Um, did, did you want me to kind of go through some of the, these threats that you can be detected in body language? Um, yeah, let just for people that aren't,
0: aren't, uh, familiar with the whole concept of baseline and disturbance can we just dig into that for a minute
1: yeah yeah um so let's say you see someone well first of all as far as baseline goes um let's let's equate that to clothing um so if you're if you're in new york city on the streets you're looking around you and yeah obviously a lot of people are going to be wearing different clothes you're going to have people that's dressed you know, business attire, you know, maybe even like a tuxedo, depending on where you're at. And then you're going to have people that's wearing shorts and, you know, a a Hawaiian shirt. But when you get in more other areas where the, where there's not as much diversity, it's easier to see abnormalities in just looking at people's clothing. Um, So that helps you identify that baseline based on just visual appearance of people's clothing. So in your town, you know, maybe going to Walmart that here's an example, since you mentioned Walmart before um, you're probably not going to see a guy wearing a tuxedo in Walmart. And hopefully you're not going to see a guy just wearing underwear in Walmart. But if you do, either one of those is going to draw your attention to him. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So you can be like, Oh, that guy's outside the baseline. Let me maybe pay a little bit more attention to him. Obviously may, may want to pay more attention to the guy that's barely clothed but um, it's that 51% rule that you want to also apply to yourself. You know, do you look at around you and you're like, okay, this is the baseline. I want to dress like 51% of the people around me. So if you're going to a, a, a carnival and everyone's wearing clown suits and you're the only one wearing business attire, you're going to stand out. Right. So.
0: Yep. Good point. I mean, simple, a couple of simple things. Uh, just even looking out, window of your home you know what the baseline is you know what your street looks like on a normal day and then just identifying and not ignoring if things get out of baseline like you know not just closing up the blinds and you know locking maybe it is maybe you need to close the blinds and lock the door but just being aware of of what that disturbance is and uh then being able to be proactive about it another good thing would be like another example would be like at a concert right mm-hmm. you can kind of like you can look over a a very very large crowd i'm on uh, security at our church so you know i can look at look at you know several hundred people and pretty quickly pick out that person who i hadn't seen before who's you know dressed a little bit differently and is kind of looking around when everybody else is doing other things. It doesn't mean that that person is is necessarily a problem. They just might not know where the bathroom is. They, they may, you know, not be used to sitting as long as they are. Maybe they actually need help. But it is, you know, it is a disturbance, and, and we can use this whole process to even uh, engage people uh, and help them more. You know, it doesn't, doesn't always necessarily mean that there's a major threat. So that's yeah. that's good stuff, man. Anything else to add to that? No, no, no. Okay. So, did you want to get into um, a little bit of self awareness stuff? Since so gray man gray man is is uh, a lot about even how per- people perceive you in a public place. Am I correct there? Right. Yep. Okay. Um, so what are some, maybe some self-awareness things? Uh, we talked a little bit about situational awareness. What are some self-awareness things?
1: So you've got to look at at yourself and think about what am I saying or doing or how am I acting that, that might draw attention to me or, you know, may, may kind of tell people more about me than I want them to know. Um, so you gotta be careful about your conversations. Like kind of like we said before with the political sign, um, be careful of what you're talking about. Um, if you hold animosity towards a certain group, don't let that slip out in a, in a conversation, even as a joke, uh, or maybe just change why you're holding the whole idea of holding animosity against someone. Um, be aware of the, the facial expressions you're you're giving off. Um, maybe you didn't realize someone was paying attention to you in this big group meeting when the ball said something, um, but maybe you made a face and someone picked up on that. So just be aware of just those little minor things like a frown or a scowl or something. Um, it, it's just kind of being aware of every sort of um, detectable thing that your body puts out. That's really good. Now, if we're not aware of, if
0: we're not self-aware, are there ways that we could be setting ourselves up to be a, a target of
1: some sort of crime? Definitely, definitely always like almost like what you said before, sitting on the park bench with your with your your face buried in your phone. Um, that kind of goes to the self-aware awareness aspect as well, because you're you're, if you're making it seem like you're not capable of defending yourself, whether that be how you're walking or how you're carrying yourself. Um, it goes all the way from how you're holding your shoulders to your gait. Um, everything you're doing, people are certain. Sir people may be actually looking at you to see would he be a good victim um is is he does he look like he's unarmed does he look like he's got a lot of money um people assess that sort of stuff and it, it could it could make you a victim mm-hmm.
0: that's huge right now it's like it's almost like every hour there's another uh there's another crime committed against somebody in in are one of our major cities, sometimes not even major cities that we just hadn't even seen just a couple years ago.
1: Yeah. Like you said, you've got these major things we're always hearing about and it is hard to kind of tell, has this stuff always been happening at this level? Is it just being sensationalized more, but crime point. is out there, man. Every, every minute of every day, two people are pickpocketed in the U S every minute of every day, 17 people are victims of uh, identity theft. It's happening all the time. It's happening all around us. So these these extra things, whether it be what I'm talking about, how to act in public, but also the whole opsec persec side of it, of how you're you're acting online, you know, which could lead to the whole identity as- aspect. Um, y- you got to be tuned in. That's that mindset. It's stop acting like none of this is real and and start putting yourself uh, in the whole defensive aspect of it. Right.
0: Yeah. I think the days of thinking this could never happen to me are over.
1: For sure. Or should be anyway. <laughs> right, right.
0: Um, so something I saw in the notes was cultural awareness. Can you talk a little bit to that?
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of the skills the gray man should have or uh, – yeah, definitely should have, um, especially when you're, you you utilize it when you're in unfamiliar parts of the world, when you're traveling. Um, but it doesn't mean it's not relevant even in your hometown. In um, one of our hip pocket briefs, we talked about um, the idea of how people refer to different levels of a house or of a building. Um, some people call them stories or levels. Um, so be aware that, you know, maybe in a certain country, what some people call the, the first floor isn't the first floor, it's the base floor. So if you're calling for emergency help, and you say, hey, I'm on the, the, the first floor. They're going to go to the second floor when instead you meant to say "You what you meant was you're you're on the base floor. So be aware of how other people use terms. And um, because that, that could cost that could cost your life. You know what I mean? Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, having traveled some internationally and and uh, across the Americas and all that, and even uh, growing up outside of a major city, you could I could I have at times gotten and this was before GPS um, ended up in a a part of the city that culturally was much different than the part that I was from. I mean, in in that particular situation, um, you know just taking it from a non-international level to like possibly your hometown or your city being culturally aware, like, let's just say, how about an example? Like, let's just say you end up in a part of town that you're not familiar with and you know that you're out of your element. What are some things that folks could do?
1: As soon as you get there, like, I'm guessing this is a reason you've got to be in this part for a certain reason. So if you know, you've got to be there, do some research on it first. Look at look up the crime rates. Look up the the populace who lives there, um, and then you've got to get outside of everything you can research in advance. When you get there, just take a second and look around. Like, see how people are acting. You know, is everyone kind of taking it easy, walking slowly? Do, do people look like they're all in a rush? Um, how do they interact with each other? Is it just do they nod ahead as they walk by, or is everyone overly friendly um, and try to assimilate? into how they're acting, given that you haven't even talked to any of them, just by looking around, you can kind of assess what the behavior is there and kind of pick up on some uh, micro cultural changes from, you know, your neighboring city. Excellent. But as we said, it you know, I mentioned, it's, you know, being culturally aware could save your life, but it, it's also just a good way to be polite and, uh, have the right manners when you're in other places and, and maybe avoid looking dumb. Like if, if you go to Japan and you, you tip the waiter, they're going to think you're dumb. And cause you know, they don't, they don't tip in Japan. Um, so one, they're going to know you're an out of town or you're a tourist and it, it's going to make you look dumb. You know what I mean? So even if it's not about a life or death situation, it's just kind of, it's kind of smart to kind of be aware of the people that you're surrounding yourself with.
0: That's good. So, let me just give you a we're we're quite a bit into the podcast here, and let me just give you a a menu of things you can pick from. From we've got some co- conflict avoidance, and what I really want to get to is I want to get to uh, some specific gray man techniques that people can take away from this podcast. So we've got, I think we talked a little bit about behavior and manu- mannerisms. Uh, conflict and conflict avoidance, verbal and physical, and you had mentioned OODA loop before. Um, anything you want to pick from that you think folks ought to know about?
1: You know, let's probably pick the most important thing: let's conflict management, and let's let's talk about how you can assess the body language to avoid conflict or or understand at least when it's about to happen, so you can have a couple extra seconds or even minutes to be prepared.
0: Mm-hmm. Sure, go for it.
1: So basically, like I said before, with self-awareness, we're talking about yourself, but let's apply that to other people. So all those little facial mannerisms you may, have met, you may be making or how you're acting, other people are also sending out those same signals. And if you're able to, to understand their body language and pick up on their nonverbal cues, you may be able to kind of pick out who's not a threat and who is a threat. So let's talk about some pre-threat indicators. Mm. So uh, let's just talk about actions first and then we'll get into actual body parts. Okay. So, you know, like I said, I was I was in law enforcement and a lot of this is something that I slowly learned, didn't realize I was learning it until I was like, oh yeah, about everybody that was about to run from us when they got out of the car, you know, after a traffic stop, they would always, take their hands and put it on their, their waistband and pull their pants up before they would huh. run. Okay. And, you know, I never piece that together, right. but somebody would get out and like, Oh, you know, let me tell them to sit back in the car or, or see what's wrong. Um, and then slowly I learned like that, if that guy's yanking his pants up. He's about to run, you know, cause you, you want to be able to have the most flexibility to run. Um, so the idea of pulling up your pants, um, can indicate that same as, if you see all these videos, these viral videos of people fighting, taking taking your shirt off. If you see someone taking their shirt off and you assess that with other things that are happening around you, that could indicate they're about to fight. Um, if they're reaching, you know, look at how their hand is turned. Is it – are they reaching back towards their back pocket as if to pull out a wallet or is their hand turned the other way as if they're reaching in to pull out a weapon? Um, if they're just, – just how they're acting. Are they – are they in a rampage? Are they knocking things over? Are they stomping – so assess people's actions. I think the actions are the easiest thing for anyone to to notice, but maybe it's like assessing what that action means that we should we should look more into. So as far as hands and arms go, you know if you're if you're out somewhere and you see someone in some sort of verbal argument with somebody, look at their fist. If they're clenching their fist, do they have white knuckles? Uh, people aren't going to clench that hard if they're just talking, and that helps you realize oh this is more than just a conversation. This is something like these two are about the fight, you know, are they fidgeting their fingers. Are they angling their arms? Like, you know, where you bend your elbow and right angles, um, look at the head, you know, if they're looking, if you're in this conversation with someone and you're like, this isn't going well. And he starts looking through you with kind of that glazed empty stare. Um, there's a sign where it's like, Oh, he's not looking at my eyes. He's like off in his own mind thinking, you know, how he's going to attack me. Um, so it's that glazed look when, in someone's eyes. You know, are their eyebrows dropping? Um, is there rapid blinking? Are they scanning the area, whether it be you know scanning the area to see if there is another witness or another person with you that might be a threat to them if they tried to attack you? Um, are they are they looking around to try to find a you know a shovel sitting nearby to use as a weapon? Um, are they looking away from you? Are their nostrils flaring? Are they sweating? Look look for things that are out of the ordinary that a normal person wouldn't. And this is something you can do if you're if you're on the streets or if you're in some sort of you know, a lot of this is really good for law enforcement. But all these things can also apply to the regular person to be able to determine, you know, maybe I should get off this subway car because this guy's acting weird that's sitting across from me. So there's there's you a few things.
0: That's that's really good, cool. So, uh, let's just say that you're in a situation, and um, I put this in like the three second or three minute category, which uh, you know, if, if we remember the the uh, survival rule of threes, right? Um, we could take it to three seconds. You know, there's that if you can buy yourself three seconds in a situation where it appears as though something's going to down uh you have some time e- even 3 seconds can save your life uh certainly 3 minutes can uh because those are the the time frames where um blood and ox- blood and oxygen flow can be threatened right yeah yeah so man. yeah so maybe speak to to so you've identified that you know, something bad could happen, maybe a a verbal or physical conflict is potentially unavoidable. What are some steps people can take to get themselves off the X?
1: So the the gray man, and it may sound bad, but like we said before, the the gray man always wants to avoid them, avoid any threats. So, You know, it's opposite of what some people may say. No, if something bad's happened, you want to stay there and help and defend. So I'm not saying that the gray man always has to, like you said, get off the X. Um, but you've always, usually, most people want to look out for themselves and their family and the people they know. Um, so you, you've got to quickly assess: when I get off this X, do I want to just completely escape and you know go and report this to law enforcement, or do I want to just Get out of sight for a moment, so I can collect myself, and you know, if we're talking about active shooter, get my weapon, respond, and stop the threat. Um, so hopefully, we like you said, we we have more than the three seconds. And if if you really practice the gray man aspect, hopefully you will have those, you know, more than three seconds. You'll have the three minutes to maybe stop it from happening altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, but that, that's one of those things you've got to assess when I do get off the X what am I going to do? And, and why, you know, how, how, how could I have seen this earlier?
0: Got gotcha. You You had mentioned OODA loop earlier. Uh, did you want to get into that a little bit? And
1: yeah, if you want to, we, to this whole? we yep. can kind of summarize with that. And then if you want, we can leave you with uh, just some kind of random techniques that you'd mentioned earlier. Okay, great. So let's put the OODA loop in a, as an example, so let's say a, a vehicle, let's say a, a truck, like a U-Haul or rider truck, it pulls up in front of a, a stadium or a theater or wherever, and then the driver gets out and the driver walks away and gets in a, some black car and drives away. So what you want to do while that's happening, you're actually assessing it through hopefully the UDA loop. So this is your observation, UDA. The first O is observation. Um, It's your observation of when others would easily ignore it, but your elevated awareness allows you to reflect and orient. O is the next one, orient. Um, Helps you orient about what just occurred. So then you want to decide if this is unnatural or uncommon. So in that example, that's probably odd that, you know, someone would bring a U-Haul to a place like that and leave it. Um, So this is when you're you're orienting and you're like, Maybe even your RAS system is coming into play. You're realizing this is out of ordinary because no one wouldn't do that. And then finally, uh, you go to your D, decide. You got to decide what you're going to do. Um, decide is this an actual threat? Could it could it be a, a bomb in the vehicle? Could it be something else? Um, and then you finally would act, which is the A, act. So this could be, hey, get away, yelling at people, get away because maybe you've assessed in your in your your loop process that this is so out of the ordinary that it is a threat. So you decide to yell at other people or maybe that acting is just like, maybe you see some other big trucks in the area and you're like, well, maybe this isn't that odd. So I'm not going to just start yelling, you know, escape, escape. I'm going to maybe assess it more, maybe call police to come out and look at it. So it's that continual observation. And, and maybe after you get back to the act and as you start to call the police, you look around and you see that truck driving, that uh, black car driving off fast and you're like, you've reassessed you keep going around and you continue to assess the situation to, to kind of determine is this something or is this nothing?
0: Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. Now, maybe this will throw you for a loop, but so probably you, you, (laughs) you've just discussed how the, how we can use the OODA loop and how that is sort of kind of like a, almost a natural progression that can take us through uh, getting to a, a point of situational awareness so that one, we can we can keep ourselves out of a threat or assess a threat and determine how we're going to act. Now, let's just say that there's there's somebody who uh, is I'm just going to say a, a wanting to perpetrate some sort of a a crime against you or the people that you love. They're also going through the OODA loop process just as a natural, you know, it, it, it's I'm not exactly sure what the Origin of the Oodle Loop is, but it's a natural process that our brains go through. Is there a way to utilize the Oodle Loop to uh, de-escalate or to get yourself out of a situation that's not looking so good in a reverse manner? Yeah, yeah.
1: I think a lot of people, not a lot of people, but maybe some people, they use that OODA loop for just the first stage. They go through it one time, and they've made they've made their orientation, they've made their decision and they've made that action and then that's where they they stop. They get um what's the word like almost lost in in their decision and they stay too committed to it. Mm-hmm. You want to continue to reassess and and that's what a lot of you know a lot of people will do they won't continue to reassess they'll stop there and be overly committed and and almost go into that black level of what we talked about with the Cooper color codes. So you want to continue to keep reassessing start back over, observe again. Did I, did I, did you see that right the first time um, and make another decision was my decision based on what I saw the first time or what I thought I saw. So I think for people, the best I would tell them is just don't stop when you get to the act, go back, go back to the beginning again and keep going through it and adding more data uh, to help you assess what, what you need to do next.
0: Good. So let me let me throw something out to you, and, and tell me if this is what you think of this. So, yeah. somebody, let let's just say, uh, we'll we'll talk about you know Joe Smith. Joe Joe Smith goes, he he decides that he's in a rush today. He goes into the subway, and he's he's running late, and so he he gets down there, he is confronted by somebody who just comes out from the shadows, kind of follows him for a little bit. He becomes aware that this person's following him. Then this person begins to uh, make a threat. He wants his wallet. So the person who's perpetrating has done some observation towards uh, Joe Smith. Uh, He's oriented. Mm Mm-hmm. He's about. He's decided that hey, I I can get this guy's wallet. Right? It's I can do this and probably walk away scot free or or some other sort of process. Um, is there something that Joe Smith could do to interrupt that process, um, or would you just say, hey, Joe Smith, just give him your wallet, or let's just say instead of uh, him asking for the wallet at this particular point, he pulls out a gun, the perpetrator. What are your thoughts as far as how Joe Smith could possibly use the OODA process that's going on in the perpetrator to get himself out of that situation?
1: Well, it sounds like the, the perpetrator's using the OODA as well. Like you said, he's, he's been following him for a little bit. He's picking the right place and maybe the right time to do it where there's not so many people around. Maybe there's only one way out and it's past the bad guy Maybe the bad guy's also continually reassessing his surroundings to make sure there's no cameras. Um, and so the bad guy's got his early start on the OODA process ahead of Joe. You know, he's already, he already knows where he's at. You know, he's probably been, you know, lives in this area, has done this before. So he he knows the area, he knows what's happening and he's picked Joe and Joe's his guy. So now Joe's first time of even beginning the OODA process is when this guy yells at him and said, I think he said, you know, give me your wallet. Um, Joe turns around and he begins his due to process. Is this guy armed? How do I get out of here? And if, if you don't have an easy out and maybe you can't just keep walking away, like dude, leave me alone. Nothing is more valuable than, than your life. Like give the guy's wallet. Leave without, you know, offering any more resistance. Cause you don't want him to be like, I need to kill this guy. Cause he's a witness now. Just give him the wallet, and when you give the wallet, don't hand it to him. You know, stay stay at a, a good distance from the bad guy. Toss it to the side so it's having to avert the bad guy's eyes from you, and the bad guy's going to have to lean over. And while all this is happening, he's got his wallet. Hopefully that's all he's wanted. So while he's distracted getting the wallet, you get out of there. Um, don't act like you're pulling a weapon because maybe the bad guy has a weapon and you didn't see it in your first series of observations. So maybe now he's like, Oh, Joe's about to pull a weapon on me. Let me kill him. So be as compliant as you can, but you know, toss the wallet to the side and, and get out of there. It's just money and maybe some, you know, PII in there. Your life's more important.
0: Good stuff, man. All right. Why don't we get picked through uh Jerry, pick some good take home gray man techniques for folks.
1: Yeah. Did you look over any of the techniques in the doctrine? Was there any one specifically you wanted to to hone in on, or you just want to kind of spot Uh, check a few? I
0: I mean, it's interesting because, uh, and I'm, I'm actually looking at your gray man doctor and guide, which is fantastic. And, you know, it's much more in depth than we can go in this conversation, but you, you do a lot, you talk a lot about. Even uh, proactively being a gray man for other reasons, maybe accomplishing some sort of a mission, whatever that mission is. Um, also, uh, observing a certain area, a certain region uh, for for whatever. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily call it surveillance, but you know, it could be surveillance. Um, whatever. So, I don't necessarily have a specific one, but this is. I'll just pick the top one on one of the lists and wear earbuds with music off to provide the illusion that you're tuned out when in reality you're attempting to eavesdrop for intel. <laughs> just, yeah, so I thought that was a great <laughs> one for right at the top of the list. <laughs> like you said, like
1: some of these aren't for the everyday civilian, you know. The the gray man is a a, a practice that, you know, for lack of a, a more official word, spies and other people utilize. So some of these tips, like the one you said. So let's go through
0: some of those because you know, I I think I think they're fascinating uh, as as I look
1: through them. So Joe Joe probably doesn't want to have his earbuds in to give that illusion because for him it's making him a, a potential uh, victim. You know what I mean? Yeah. Y- you want to you want to stay at a certain level of like not overly aware of like why is this guy watching everybody? You but you also don't want to be like why is this guy buried in his phone not paying attention? I'm going to go back over and pick or you know. Rob him so right. that's not a tip for the average Joe but yeah um like you said like there's a there's a lot of stuff in here so holding the door for people um, when you hold a door for someone you look polite it sounds you know it's a nice thing to do but also you're pushing putting that threat in front of you which kind of reminds me have you ever watched the office TV show mm-hmm. man that I don't know if if your listeners whatever or whatever are into it as much as I I am but I remember when when uh Dwight was, you know, walking up to a door and Jim went to hold it for him. And Dwight's like, no, you, you know, you go in first. Something, I think he said, like 70% of all attacks are from the rear. And um, so he he wanted Jim in front of him, but then Jim just like slaps him in the front of the face. And it, I don't know, it's hard to explain the story, but man, I laughed so hard and I just saw it the other day. Um, and now that's we're actually a really
0: it. good That's actually a really good point of, you know, being polite and, you know, leaving somebody who could be a potential threat pass before you, right?
1: Yep. And, you know, let's say let's say you, maybe you're in an apartment that has, or, you know, like in a hotel that has like a, uh, what do you call those people that work in the front? Like, a, not a clerk, but like a bellhop or something. Mm-hmm. Um, think about the idea of, of making friends with people you're going to see often. Um, so let's say you're in a, a domestic uh Relationship with somebody else, and this guy—maybe you're, let's say, you're a woman, and your husband is abusive to you, and you recently separated him. You went to this hotel to stay away from him because he attacked you the other night. You've already reported it, but the cops haven't got him yet, or something. um So maybe you could tell the bellhop, hey, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to lay low here. My my husband uh saw him the other day. If you see him, could you please call up and let me know he's here or something? Uh, and maybe it's even leaving a tip with that guy. Like not that you have to be, not that you have to tell him all that is why you're there, why this person is coming. You could just be like, Hey, if you see this guy come in, would you mind giving me a, a call, you know, up to my room that gives you that extra, extra chance to, to get out or to call, call for help. Um, so make friends with people, um, even setting aside the domestic issue. Um, It's good to have people on your side that maybe you don't even know them by name, but your your coffee person at your coffee shop, uh, make friends with people because they they could help you out um, in kind of unexpected ways. Um, Tip well. Yeah, (laughs) tip well.
0: Here's a really good one, that I think we can repeat this from the mountaintops over and over again. Uh, Don't be tactical. You want to talk about that a little bit?
1: Yep. Um, You know, people see people wearing 5'11 clothes. They see these big, big knife (laughs) clipped to the side of someone's pocket. Um, You see these people and you're like, oh, this guy is military. This guy at least wants to pretend like he knows what he's doing. Um, And if you are in that realm where maybe you're military, you're an operator or you're police, you don't want to draw that attention to yourself because maybe it's a bad guy you've arrested you know, two months ago that sees you and recognizes you as an officer, or maybe you're in another country and someone recognizes you, or maybe you're just here and you, you're decided, Oh, I'm going to open carry. Don't, I mean, it's your right, but it, you know, it's your right everywhere. But even in places that allow it, I don't think open carry is a good idea. That's you want, you don't want to advertise that you you're carrying a gun. You don't want to advertise that because you want that extra couple of seconds of surprise, um, if, if you're the guy open carrying in Walmart and something pops off and a bad guy comes in an active shooter and he sees you with that gun, you're gonna be the first person he shoots because you're his first threat yep
0: Dude, i live in a I live in a rural very rural community and so there's a lot of hunting here during hunting season which is which is upon us and when i when I see these dudes in Walmart from you know the flatlands (laughs) as we call it here and you know the dude's got like this 44 magnum ruger red hawk strapped on the outside with a belt like i'm i'm totally you know second amendment friendly right and i'm just like why would you do that like even in our town you just can like watch people get uncomfortable around this dude right so Just be aware. That's that's like a self awareness thing, right? (laughs) Put your ego aside, and you know, pull your jacket over that thing.
1: It's like we said at the beginning of the segment, or the beginning of the podcast. You know, so many people want to stand out and be different, and that's you know, that's on the far left and the far right. People want to do that, and there's maybe that's an example of someone on the right, like I'm going to show that I'm carrying my gun and representing the the Second Amendment, and they're they're doing it overly broad. Like, no, you're drawing attention to yourself. You're looking stupid. Uh, like, don't, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. Dude, this is really good stuff. Um, I don't know if you would mind, but if people want to, I'll, I'll just, I'll talk to you and I'll, I'll grab a couple of these, a couple more of these uh, techniques people can use because I think every one of them are, are super interesting. And I'll maybe just grab half of them, drop them in the show notes. If people want to go over to Ultimate Survival Tips, the podcast tab and, and grab the show notes here. Uh, Would you be okay with that?
1: Yeah, I'd be fine with that, man. Handpick some, and uh, especially some that maybe you don't readily think about. I mean, it's not like obvious stuff. Like drop those in there and share the info for for your folks.
0: Yeah, and I definitely want to encourage people to go over to your website, which is – why don't you just uh, let us know what that is again?
1: Yeah, guys. So the whole Gray Man aspect, we we do the Gray Man Briefing on graymanbriefing.com, and that's gray with an A. Like how we're supposed to spell it if we're not in the UK. <laughs> um, so, graymanbriefing.com. If you're interested in uh, subscribing to our, our news and intel service, remember to use Ultimate Survival's uh, coupon code, UST, I'm sorry, GBCUST. And then, if you want to visit our actual survival gear uh, website, it's SuperSE, uh, probably the easiest way, us. So, SuperSE is the word super, like Superman. And then, SC is ESSE.
0: Good stuff. And uh, I actually, before we get into any more of this, uh, because I've got a couple of your resources here that are are just fantastic that I wanted to mention. But before that, how about some final thoughts and maybe uh, one, two, or three action steps that folks can take away from here? Uh,
1: Yeah, remember, man, the world isn't as safe as it used to be. And we've got to be aware. We've got to be ready. So I would tell people... Uh, maintain a low profile. Be gray. Don't draw attention to yourself. Um, and if if you can't do anything else, and a threat does approach, and it, it's imminent and it's immediate, be ready to defend yourself and defend others. Um, don't hesitate. Take that action. And stay in the know. Stay in the know is everything from like we said before, doing an area study of where you're about to go visit, um, to staying up with current events and and trends um so you you kind of understand the threats that are emerging around you and in your area
0: yeah and the grayman briefings perfect for that and i i just even know with regards to even covid i had a cadre of of guys that would would check in with me and let you know ask me what i was seeing and and you know i i think we we're all maybe a, a, at least a few days if not a week or two ahead of the curve just because we were all paying attention to what was going on that was not normal. The stuff is not normal. <laughs> don't nor- don't normalize things that are not normal, regardless of how much the media wants to push something as normal. Right? So, a new question. I kind of like this. I'm just going to give a shout out to Jordan Rayner over at Mere Christians podcast. I stole his question. I'd like to ask, ask, like to ask you, Wes, um, what is your favorite book? That you recommend or gift most often?
1: I guess let's do two two different ones. So, okay, the, cool. The one obviously I gift the most often um, is is that the book we wrote, the the Hip Pocket Brief, which is a lot of this stuff that we've talked about is in there. It's uh, forty pages I have it sitting right here. <laughs> yeah, forty pages of just short, concise uh, training. But probably my favorite book is The Terminal List, and you know I, I read it before the whole amazon prime show came out um man it's it's thrilling and it's accurate and uh if if you're going to read it read it but if you're the type that does the audiobooks the the guy who narrates it is amazing man so i would say the terminal list in every book that uh jack Carr after that wrote i I just want to warn people it's
0: somewhat brutal (laughs) I mean it's how can i say it's just but brutal yeah <laughs> i actually had to take some breaks from it just because um yeah uh but it it is it is amazing uh, yeah i, I don't want to pitch amazon or anything but i just got through reacher the new series and i, I you know i don't know how accurate a lot of that was it was certainly entertaining and there was a a lot of, I actually, I actually was surprised at at how well they did with situational awareness and uh, a lot of the things that you are talking about here. So. Yeah, it
1: it was, that's one thing I liked about it too. I'm like, wow, that's exactly my thoughts on this. You know, like the guy, the guy knows what he's talking about and he puts a lot of that stuff that we talk about in there as far as, like you said, situational awareness and, picking up on threats and stuff.
0: Yeah. I just finished that up last night and uh, you know, I feel like I'm I'm the better for it as far as being prepared. Good stuff, man. So uh, to wrap up here, what else? Just tell people where they can find you, find your stuff again. And uh, I just want to, I, you mentioned the hip pocket brief. I actually have that sitting here and I don't know, but I think I pre-ordered the next one that's coming out in October. I think or sometime around October. So I'm excited about that. Maybe talk, tell people a little bit about the hip pocket brief. I've already mentioned all your guides and uh, you know, we've talked quite a bit about the uh, classified briefing.
1: Yeah. So um, hip pocket brief, um, like David said, we we've got the second volume coming out here soon. We're just waiting on some final formatting with the illustrations, but uh, it's one of those, it's a, Pocket-sized book that fits in your pocket, forty pages, and we we cover everything from opsec to how to react to a, an ID. Um, it's a little bit of stuff about survival prepping, bushcraft, and very little bushcraft aspect, but it, a lot of it is the kind of the urban survival aspect and different gray man techniques. Um, so the first book's available now. Second book will be out. We're hoping for sure by November. Uh, But yeah, could even be out next month. Um, Check us out at graymanbriefing.com or superse.us. And man, we'd love to have you use uh, David's uh, discount code to join um, and get everyone's feedback on what you think about what we're writing and how we're doing it. Um, But I I definitely appreciate you having me on, man. It's been awesome kind of talking about this stuff um, with you and being probed with some probed with some questions here. So very, very entertaining.
0: Yeah. I appreciate you, man. Uh, we're gonna have to do this again. Cause you got a lot more guides here and, and, uh, man, just really great stuff that I think would enrich and help our listeners more. So please come back again. I'll do it. If you want short to the point, Reliable, unbiased intelligence and reporting on essential news not covered by the mainstream media. You need Wes's classified Gray Man briefing. I'm a subscriber and I've probably saved about an hour a day because Wes and his team deliver vital news that helps me stay up to date See trends and stay ahead of the preparedness curve. So to give Wes's Gray Man Briefing a try, go to Gray Man Briefing, that's graymanbriefing.com and use code GBCUST at checkout for $1 off your subscription every month. Now check it out. Wes is essentially taking what he used to do for the Special Operations Command and offering it to you and I at a ridiculously low monthly price. The normal monthly cost is $5. Now it's only $4 a month for our podcast listeners only when you use GBCUST. That's code GBCUST at GrayManBriefing.com. And before we head out of here, I want to ask you guys to do three things to help us help others out before the next disaster strikes. First, please pay it forward by sharing our family-friendly podcast and content with the ones you love directly and on social media. Then go give us a 5-star rating and honest review wherever you listen to this podcast. Second, go over to our mothership, UltimateSurvivalTips.com, and check it out. There's a lot you're going to like over there, including free content like our weekly survival eMAG newsletter, and you can jump into my Tiny Survival Masterclass and grab some of my exclusive gear like the MSK-1 knife and Tiny Survival and First Aid Guides. And while you're there, don't forget to click the podcast tab at the top of the homepage to get the show notes PDF with links to the things that Wes and I discussed today, including bonus gray man tips and hacks that we didn't get a chance to cover in the podcast. All right, everybody, I think that's about it. Thanks for joining us today. I'll see you next time on the Survival Show podcast. Until then, keep it simple, be positive, and stay sharp.